The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hi everybody, how you doing? Welcome back to another episode. Uh, I've got a little bit of a cold this week, if you can't tell from my uh, my sensual raspiness. So uh, I'm going to stick with it, but uh, I'm going to be a little bit frog-like this week. So um, number one, I just want to say thank you to uh, Nicole Denton for listening. Uh, Nicole said that she was going on a road trip to go and shadow some other piercers and that she listened to this podcast for eight straight hours on her way there. So uh, thank you very much for uh, tolerating the sound of my voice for that long and for all the uh, for all the different guests. Really appreciate you listening to that much of it. Um, I've been looking over some of the uh, the analytics. My host shows me the uh, the analytics for Spotify now, and um, it's it's not as much as I thought it was going to be off of Spotify. And it, I was kind of surprised to see that the majority of people are still listening to the podcast on um, on Apple Podcasts. So for anybody out there, I guess on their iPhone or whatever Apple device, you know, thanks for listening. Uh, if you can think of anything out there, like if there are different apps that you're using um, for other podcasts, but this podcast isn't on it, let me know. I, there are a couple different ones. I think TuneIn Radio I'm not on yet and uh, Podcast One and maybe a couple other different things. I'm going to try to get my podcast out there in uh, as many different places as possible. So if you have uh, a different podcast app that you think I should be on, go ahead and reach out ryanpba at gmail.com or reach out to me on Facebook and uh, let me know where I should have this podcast so we can take over the world. Uh, my weekly plugs uh, about my seminars, I've got three uh, kind of up in the air right now, uh, four if you count the, the APP conference, but um, I've got that class Monday, uh, February 25th with Jeff Saunders in Glasgow, Scotland. That's coming up real soon as I record that. That's that's three weeks from today. So um, if you're dragging your feet, if you're one of those people who's thinking about going, um, you really, you know, you do want to get that registration in uh, because everything that I bring over is going to be based on who's pre-registered. So there's going to be a certain point where I might not have the right amount of materials for the amount of people that want to show up. So if you're thinking about going to that class in Glasgow, Scotland, um, definitely get your, your registration in. You can email me again, ryanpba at gmail.com or or you can go to precisionbodyarts.com slash seminars and you can get the info for all that. And, um, you know, just to kind of put it out there, it's going to be uh, information for everybody. You know, the, the numbers have been kind of low for Glasgow, you know, partly because I don't know how many uh, body piercers are actually in that direct area. It's a little bit tougher for people to kind of have to fly in or take a train in, pay for a hotel, stuff like that. So um, I'm not expecting a ton of people, but uh, it looks like a pretty solid group of people. But for anybody who's kind of on the fence and maybe a little bit intimidated or nervous by it, uh, we're definitely going to be talking about uh, techniques that you can apply. You know, if you're using cannulas, if you're using external thread jewelry, it's a no judgment zone. We're not going to give you any guff over it. Uh, and we're going to be giving you a lot of information that's going to be really useful. So uh, again, you know, we would, we would just love to have as many people there as possible. I've got my class in LA that's going to also be on a Monday. That's going to be uh, March 18th. And that's going to be just uh, just north of LA in uh, in North Hollywood. I'm really looking forward to that one. I've been checking out Airbnbs, and I think I'm going to stay somewhere around like the Venice Beach area. So uh, I kind of you know I can escape this New England cold and uh, go somewhere warm, get a little bit of sand between my toes, and just kind of hang out near the ocean for a couple of days. So that that should be a really good trip. Um, I've had a, a really strong uh, amount of people signing up for that. So you know I really want to say uh, you know thanks to Roger Rabbit. Um, thanks to Enigma, you know, for, for sending out a bunch of your staff members up, uh, really appreciate the, the support. And, you know, I love to see it when, when groups of piercers come there. I've also got, uh, I think as it stands right now, I've got three repeat attendees who have taken my classes in other places and are, are going to come and take it for a second time. So that makes me feel like I'm, I'm doing something right. I'm really happy to, to see that, you know, people enjoy the class enough that they would want to come more than once, um, you know, that they're, that they're still getting something out of it. So really excited to, uh, you know, to see a couple of faces again. And I've got one more class. This is a, a fairly new one uh, to announce, but not surprising if you're a New England body piercer. Uh, every year I typically do some sort of seminar at the Boston Tattoo Convention. This year's no exception. I'm going to be doing a class um, just about nipple piercings. Uh, usually I've got about a two-hour window to do seminars at the Boston Tattoo Convention, so I can't really do my full-day seminars. Uh, so I really just kind of pick one topic 
and just kind of go over the fundamentals of it. So um, this year it's going to be a class called Nipple Piercing Concepts. Uh, you can get more info for it, again, at precisionbodyarts.com slash seminars. You can get all the registration info. I also made uh, Facebook event pages for all these seminars. So if you're not already following Body Art Education by Ryan Willette on Facebook, uh, please give that a follow. That'll have any sort of updated information for any of the different classes that I'm doing, uh, you know, around the country, around the world. And uh, you can get all the, um, the pricing info and uh, what's going to go on in the class. You can kind of get a good feel for, for what it'll be, and you can see some of the other people that are signed up for it. Uh, speaking of registrations, I just want to put it in everybody's minds that the uh, the registration is open for the Association of Professional Piercers Conference in Las Vegas, and that's going to be in May this year, which is a little bit earlier than it typically is. Usually it's somewhere around June or July, uh, but this year is going to be in May. So uh, go ahead and go to safepiercing.org. You can click on the link for uh, Conference 2019. You can see all the different classes. And even if you're the type of person who wants to just book the full conference pass, um, so you have access to all the classes, you still need to sign up for the individual classes that you want. Uh, the, the class spaces, the, uh, the rooms have limited capacity for seating. So if you drag your feet, you might not be able to get into that class that you really wanted to. So even if you are buying the full conference pass, you still want to sign up for at least your, your top five, your top ten classes. You want to uh, dedicate yourself to a time for it to make sure that you're going to have a seat available to you. You know, you can leave a little bit of flexibility. You can make some changes on the fly at conference, or uh, you can always re-log back in, and you can amend your, your uh, schedule, but you really do want to grab some of those classes because they do fill up pretty quickly. Um, some of the classes are going to have smaller capacities, larger capacities, so you don't want to get stuck outside in the hallway or have to go on a wait list. So uh, go to safepiercing.org and get all your info about conference, and uh, I really would love to see uh, a lot of people there um, that I've seen in my classes, you know, catch up with old friends and stuff like that. I'm, I'm going to try to take some more classes this year. Uh, I know I definitely want to take uh, Daniel's class, um, How to Win Clients and Influence Piercers, and there are a couple other really good ones that I'm looking forward to. And also, I'm going to be teaching, I think, four classes this year. Um, two sessions of the Safe Practices in the Piercing Room uh, workshop. That's going to be a little bit updated. Usually it's just me and my friends kind of make fun of me and, and call it the Ryan Show because I've been doing it for so long. And uh, This year I'm going to be uh, doing it with two co-instructors. So I'm going to have Baron and I'm going to have Lola Slider and we're going to kind of switch things up a little bit and change the way that we're, uh, we're kind of given the info about just how to work safe in your, in your, in your shop, in your piercing room, uh, how to handle packages, you know, how to set up and break down and do everything as clean as possible. So that's really one of my favorite classes. I really like to do that one, but we're going to freshen it up a little bit this year. I'm also going to be doing a class with uh, incoming APP Board of Directors member Becky Dill. We're going to be doing a class on nipple piercings, and that was kind of one of the reasons why I'm making my Boston class about nipple piercings. So uh, I can kind of kill two birds with one stone, um, prep for my APP class, uh, maybe do like a practice run in Boston. It's probably not going to be the exact same class that I'm doing with Becky. I'll have my own uh, unique slideshow, but uh, try to have a lot of the information. It seems like I get a lot of questions about inverted nipples. Um, that's going to be a, a definite topic in the Boston class as well as the Vegas class. I've actually got a client booked for tomorrow who um, uh, emailed me about wanting to have uh, some uh, inverted nipple correction with the piercing and I asked if I could take a video for a class and they, they agreed so I should be able to get some really good content for, uh, for those two classes. And I'm also going to be doing a, a lip piercing class in Las Vegas. So, uh, you know, nothing crazy, but, you know, I like to call certain classes revisiting basics. Um, you know, not every class has to be about uh, the most insane, disposable, freehand, backwards, upside down piercing. Um, you know, we're, we're all doing basics on, a, you know, a daily or weekly basis, you know, navels and nostrils and, and lips and earlobes. And it's, in, it's really important to, uh, you know, do your continuing education for the, the everyday stuff too. So uh, I'm really looking forward to those. So next up, uh, I'm going to do a little bit of Q&A uh, submitted through that Google form uh, that I mentioned, I think in last week's show, you can still go to the Piercing Wizard podcast Facebook page, you can still find the link to that. It's anonymous. So if you want to give me a, a suggestion on a topic, topic or a, a guest, or if you want to give me a, a question that I can answer directly on the show, you can go ahead and submit that stuff anonymously, uh, or give your name, whatever you're comfortable with, but it can be anonymous if you're a little bit nervous about that. So I'm going to get into, uh, get into a good question for you for this week. Okay, so uh, I've got a pretty good one this week. It's kind of a longer question, and it uh, it mentions a website specifically. If you know the industry well, especially if you work in a studio, you're gonna you're gonna instantly know what website it is. But just for uh, for privacy and not to be an asshole, I'm not gonna list the website by name. Uh, but the question is, 
Hi, Ryan. I really enjoy your podcast. Thanks. Uh, as someone outside of the industry who only ever sees the client-consumer side of piercing, I was wondering what your thoughts are on websites and other retail sites that allow people to circumvent piercing studios to access higher quality brands. I know that the general consensus among the industry is no, but I am curious about how online jewelry shopping is affecting piercers and studios. I know that a lot of money made from piercing is in jewelry sales, so I'm curious to know if you or any other piercers have had problems with clients buying cheaper initial jewelry and then buying more expensive pieces online instead of through a reputable studio, and whether or not this has negatively affected the profitability of piercing, appreciate your thoughts. So that is a really good question. Um, It's kind of a Pandora's box slippery slope as to how I would answer this because I I don't want to start any arguments uh, between jewelry companies and and retail websites, things like that. So I can tell you a couple different things uh, just from from me personally, just just Ryan's opinion. Um, I'm not I'm not really a supporter of uh, online retail websites unless it's directly through a studio. Like um, a good example, Infinite Piercing in Philadelphia has a great web shop. Uh, I think you know, Born This Way has a really great web shop, and and lots of other studios sell jewelry online. Nothing wrong with that at all. You know, get get the jewelry out to as many people as possible. The the times where I would maybe have an objection, have an issue, have a problem, is on retail websites that aren't part of a brick-and-mortar piercing business. And and that's because uh, body jewelry and, and body piercing, body piercers, body piercing studios, uh, physical locations, very, very symbiotic relationship. Um, none of those brands, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, well, okay, I don't want to list specific brands because I don't want to, again, get in an argument with anybody, but think of all the top brands. The majority of them sell on uh, retail websites, uh, with the exception of some who, you know, specifically don't because they want to drive people into those brick and mortar establishments, which is very much appreciated. But the studios, um, sorry, the uh, jewelry manufacturers that do sell to retail websites, there's nothing wrong with them. You know, everybody's got to eat, everybody's got to pay their bills, you know, make your money, run your business. But uh, most of those body jewelry brands, body jewelry manufacturers, body jewelry companies are all propped up and, and promoted by body piercers. So I, I just don't see the mentality of um, we want to uh, potentially limit the people that are going to walk through your door and you know talk to you about jewelry and purchase jewelry off of you. You know, it's it's two sides of a coin. You do want your product available to as many people as possible. I get that. But at the same time, um, without those body piercers talking about your brands and piercing with it and putting it on their social media and their websites and wearing your T-shirts and, you know, doing a lot of work, you know, creating all these hashtags and doing a lot of this branding work for you, you know, where where is your jewelry? You know, um, it, it can't magically go from the lathe to a, a client's body you know there are lots of steps in between so you know for for you as a consumer if you are a, a client out there rather than a body piercer um sure you know maybe you can buy body jewelry on a website for five dollars cheaper ten dollars cheaper you know depending on taxes or you know availability or yeah i know it's frustrating in a, in a day and age when a custom jewelry order takes three months four months five months you know if you want specific colors or a size or something like that and your local shop doesn't have it i'm sure it can be really tempting to just try to google it go online and try to find it but here's the here's where the problem really comes into it um when you take your dollars out of those local piercing shops uh they're gonna have a harder time paying their bills paying their staff um, testing their sterilizers, training their piercers, giving them continuing education, and ordering more body jewelry to make sure that it's in stock for you and for everybody else in the future. Think of the things that you can't get through that website. You know, um, sure, if you order some some eyelets, a piece of jewelry, whatever on on a website, that's great. Maybe you get it for a couple of bucks cheaper. Maybe you get it a little bit faster, but uh, you, you lose all that that personal service. You know, you go into a piercing shop. Uh, especially for high-end pieces of jewelry to have a, a proper fit, you know, um, bust out those calipers and you really, you talk to the, the piercer and they, they measure your piercing, they measure your anatomy. Maybe they'll give you an opinion of, okay, you know, I, I know you're asking for this, but I think a half size, bigger, smaller, you know, this different gauge, you know, maybe even a different design would work a lot better for you, would look a lot nicer for you, or, hey, maybe I can give you this alternative where you don't really have to spend X amount of money, you can spend Y amount of money and you can get more for your money. 
Um, so, you know, that's one of the services that you, you can't get through a website. You know, you're not talking to a human being. They're not seeing your body. They're not seeing your piercing. You're just clicking a, a drag down menu and, and doing your checkout. Also, I find it really frustrating when people try to bring in jewelry that they bought somewhere else and expect me, my other piercers, my studio to inspect their jewelry, clean their jewelry, process it, sterilize it, bust out tools, install their jewelry, do any sort of troubleshooting, all that stuff. And, you know, we also accept liability if you install jewelry that, you know, if something goes wrong, if it breaks during installation or a couple days later, a couple weeks later, you know, they're going to come into our studio uh, complaining or asking about uh, repairs or, or anything like that. And we didn't even sell the jewelry. We didn't even really make any money off of that transaction, maybe a couple dollars as a service fee, but we didn't get paid to do any of that work. So um, it can be kind of exploitive of your your local studios. You know, um, if you if you can't put the jewelry in yourself, you know, and you have that thought of like, okay, I, I know that they're going to need hemostats or a taper or ring openers or closers, they're going to need to sterilize it. They're going to need to, you know, maybe process it first to remove any sort of like oil or machining debris from when the jewelry was manufactured. If you can't do that stuff yourself, why, why would you think that you can just walk in through the door and hand them a piece of jewelry that you didn't buy from them and say, okay, you do all the work for me and put this jewelry in. Um, so, you know, support your local businesses. And, you know, I, I get it. It's consumerism. I buy stuff online, too. You know, I buy shoes online. I buy clothes online. I get it. You know, it's convenience uh, and it's cost sometimes. But I buy static things online. Uh, I buy a pair of shoes that 20 different websites will have. And, you know, it. when I, when I go into a, a shoe store, I already know what size my feet are. I don't really need a lot of customer service. It's just like, okay, do I like the look of it? Do they have it in my size? Purchase, that's fine. But with body jewelry, with body piercing, there's a lot of customer service that goes into it. And you really have to respect the people that train, that have careers, that have whole lives based around customer service and, you know, properly taking care of you, uh, properly taking care of your jewelry. So if you want to support the body piercing industry, um, you do it through a body piercing studio. You don't do it through a website, um, you know, selling, selling retail stuff and, you know, maybe trying to cut someone's throat with the bottom dollar, you know, a couple bucks less to, to make a sale. Um, that's not really supportive. So, you know, do what you got to do, get the jewelry you got to get, but just be realistic that, you know, you're spending your money online, you're not spending in, in, a, in a brick and mortar studio, and you can be damaging the industry from that, you know, and you can make it harder for people to pay their bills, to make a living, to put food on the table. Um, so again, you know, it, it, it's really symbiotic. So, um, you know, when it comes to shops, again, you know, if you can make that money, make that money. But it's different when a shop is doing it versus um, some people that just run a, a retail website and don't offer uh, brick and mortar customer service and all those different things. So uh, we, we kind of changed the, the policies in my own studio, um, kind of inspired by these, these retail websites that popped up a few years ago, where our, our hard policy is, if you didn't buy the jewelry from us, we're not going to install it at all. And it's for a couple different things. I'm not trying to be, um, you know, miserly penny pincher saying, you know, there's a there's a pay barrier for anything that I'm going to do for you because we do plenty of services for free on plenty of people that, you know, weren't ever our clients and didn't actually pay us any money. Lots of troubleshooting, lots of fixing mistakes from other shops, uh, lots of different things about, you know, aftercare and, and, and all that stuff, adjustments and things. Um, but if somebody brings in a piece of jewelry, even if it's in a package from a company, I don't know if it's brand new or not. You know, I, I like to believe everyone and I like to trust everyone, but you know, let's say, uh, somebody, uh, somebody bought it online, um, tried it on and it wasn't the perfect fit because they never got sized by a body piercer. They never had that anatomy consultation, anatomy check. So they might say, okay, well this jewelry cost me a hundred bucks. Um, I'm, I'll turn around and I'll try to sell it on my Instagram page, on my Tumblr page, on my Facebook group. Uh, which I have seen over and over and over again, people selling used body jewelry. And uh, I don't know if that, that jewelry people bring in is brand new or if it's been used or if it's been worn by their their sister or you know their, their boyfriend or whoever, whether they wore it for five minutes or, or five years. I don't know. So again, if people didn't buy the jewelry from me, that, that's one thing. You know, I'm not going to install it for you. I'm sorry. Uh, and then going back to the liability, you know, let's say, um, you know, you thought it was this one company that had perfectly compatible threads with all the stuff that we're doing, but you bought maybe a knockoff, a knockoff, you bought a cheaper post or something and the threads aren't perfect. 
Um, so if I try to put a threaded taper on it or one of my threaded ends or a threadless end or something like that and something breaks or scratches or goes wrong, then I'm liable for, you know, that piece of jewelry that you brought in that I shouldn't have installed that, that I did anyway, you know. So that's another reason why uh, another strike against uh, installing outside jewelry. And, you know, I like to know the chain of where it's coming from. You know, let, let's say if jewelry comes from an atom metal, you know, I know it was hand polished and the jewelry was clean and the jewelry was sealed and then it got shipped to me in a sealed package, you know, and I know what an atom metal packages look like sealed, you know, uh, but it's not outside of the realm of possibility that someone could fake that, you know, so I want to open up the box myself. I want to look at that sealed package. I want to inspect the jewelry. I want to make sure that it doesn't need to go through a, a, a clean ultrasonic. Uh, before it goes in the autoclave, before it goes in the client. You know, I want to know all those things. I want to know the entire chain of it. And I just don't feel comfortable installing jewelry that, that comes from someone else. You know, it, it's, a, it's a quality issue. It's a liability issue. But it's also just a, a, an industry support issue. We haven't really had a lot of clients that come in here and, you know, expect me to do all the, the free work for, for jewelry that they bought from somewhere else, uh, which is really nice. But I think part of that is also I have my jewelry installation policies right on the website. If anybody calls about jewelry changes, we always state, you know, we only install jewelry that comes from us. You know, we can tell what brands we carry and, and what brands we don't carry. So it's, it's really easy to spot things like that for us. So, you know, I appreciate the question. Kind of keep it in the back of your mind. And, and again, you know, um, get what you want to get. You know, it's, it's your life. But just be respectful of the shops and if you go into a shop and say hey i want you to install this jewelry that i got somewhere else and they turn you down they're not doing it to be rude they're not doing it to be to be jerks you know they're doing it just to kind of protect their core business and they're doing it because they appreciate their clientele they respect their clientele and they want to install the the best jewelry possible and sometimes you know that has certain things that go with it you know inspections and uh, a, a chain of, of who handled the jewelry all those different things so keep that kind of stuff in mind if you're a client and i would really really strongly emphasize that you should go and you should support your local brick and mortar piercing shop you know uh if you want them to have new jewelry that they don't have vocalize it you know or talk to them about a custom order i'm sure every shop it would brighten their day I guarantee you any shop is going to love it if you say uh, you don't have it, but I want to order it through you. You know, I'm cool waiting a little while, um, but, I, you know, I, I really I trust you. Uh, I like you as a, a piercer. I like you as a piercing studio. Um, you know, measure me. Give me that fit. Uh, let me get that jewelry from you. And then when it comes in, you know, you can trust that it's going to be sterilized properly. It's going to be installed properly. Uh, and they're going to back up the, the quality of what they're doing for work. So uh, keep that kind of stuff in mind. But I really appreciate questions like this. It gives me a good uh, topic to, to kind of ramble on for a little while. So keep them coming. If you want to submit any more questions like that, you can go to that uh, Piercing Wizard podcast Facebook page and click on that Google form. Or, you know, if you're if you're cool with me knowing who you are, you can always shoot me an email, ryanpba at gmail.com or shoot me a Facebook message. So uh, for now, let's uh, finish up this Q&A and let's get into this week's interview. I've got John Robertson, my buddy from Florida. I was there last week. Uh, I flew down just for a day to see Ensiferum play. Uh, got to uh, talk to them a little bit uh, out behind the club, you know, not as much as in Paris. It was more of like a quick little hi-hello, um, but it was really cool to spend the day with uh, with John and to spend the day with uh, with Kat, uh, Catherine Alexander. So I uh, really appreciate you two taking some time and, and you know, taking the day off of work and, and hanging out with me. We went out, we got some cool Thai food, we had more than a couple of beers, and uh, at the show we had picklebacks. I don't know if anybody out there is really like a professional alcohol drinker. I am not, so this is the first time I ever had um, a shot of whiskey followed by a shot of pickle juice. And surprisingly, Kat, you were right, it actually does help it go down a bit smoother. Um, you know, better than something like lime or something like that. So uh, picklebacks, who would have thought? But it actually works. Definitely got me a bit tipsy, and uh, the show was really fun. I got to see a, an opening band I hadn't heard of before called uh, Withering Earth. Uh, I guess they were like a, a local band for the Tampa area, but they were like a Viking metal band, and they were all wearing like fur armor, and it was it was, it was a really good show. I got to meet a couple of people. Uh, one person who was also wearing fur armor uh, at the show you know, was like, oh, yeah, you're from New Hampshire? Cool, I, I, I'm from New Hampshire. And then this other person was like, oh, my my girlfriend's from Nashua. And so, you know, just small world kind of thing. But it was fun hanging out in Florida. And uh, before the show, you know, sometime in between the food and the beer, uh, we kind of hung out a little bit at my Airbnb. And I did a quick little interview with John Robertson. We talk about, um, you know, different things, community and peer review and piercer groups and all different kinds of stuff. So it was a good conversation. We, we tried to talk outside in this park. 
but I don't know what it is about uh, Ybor City, like just outside of Tampa. Um, there's lots of like wild chickens and like roosters and stuff, and they were all just like cockadoodle doodling, and it's kind of funny. So at the end of the show, at the end of the credits, I'm going to put in the little clip that we tried to record outside, and you can hear a good amount of chicken business going on in the background. So uh, let's get into this week's interview with John Robertson, and I'll be back after that. I'm uh, John Robertson. I own Tiger Lotus Tattoo and Piercing in Fort Myers, Florida. Uh, my Instagram is Johnny underscore Holes. You can find me on the rest of social media uh, as John Robertson. Tay. And we're currently sitting in my sweet one-room Airbnb <laughs> because we tried to record outside and there were too many chicken noises. It was, it was several chicken noises happening simultaneously. Yeah. Um... So, what was it we were going to talk about? Peer review and what um, was the other thing? Yeah, you know, just just the community, yeah. piercing community, um, and 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 that sort of thing. So, when you think piercing community, do you think Florida piercers? Do you think APP bubble? Do you think just personal friends? Like, what what's your piercer community? So, so definitely, you know, I, I would there, there's there's multiple communities that I that I would think uh, that we're all a part of, you know. Um, definitely local, you know, regional and, and, you know, on the grand scheme of things like national, international, whatever. Um, but yeah, you know, so I just like hanging out with piercers, man. What, how often do you have the Florida group meetups? Um, well, or are we, those mostly like around the seminars? We, we were doing that a little more frequently, um, you know, try to try to do like three or four a year. Um, but, you know, we haven't done any, you know, in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> What, what do you think is, like, the main thing? Because I, I, I know that that happens a lot with piercer groups. Like, mm-hmm. I know there's the New England group, and mm-hmm. we hardly ever get together. Yeah. So what, do you think it's just that people get distracted by their careers? Or what, yeah. what do you think makes I, piercer groups kind of start to trail off? Well, you know, I think I think a lot of us get busy, you know, especially yeah. as we become better piercers. You know, obviously there's a higher demand for your services. And so, you know, you just end up getting busy, man, and, and it kind of becomes like a back burner thing, I suppose. Right. Um, which sucks because I really like getting together and hanging out and talking shop for a day. Yeah, you know. So how often how often do seminars happen around here? Because I know Luis just did his ear um, seminar. So, you know, once a year I think is is what I would like to see. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes more than that. Um, you know, I like to go to conference and camp if possible, and then try and squeeze in a little something extra. But yeah. Um, so it's just it's really just coordinating with a presenter to come down and 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 talk. Yeah, I came down for the Florida thing and thought that was really fun. And I would definitely like to come back to Florida and maybe try your shop yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. a different area of Florida. I think if you go back to the same place over and over again, you might get part of the same group, but maybe yeah. a few people that are just like not as interested kind of thing. Right. So I'd like to maybe bounce around. Yeah, Florida and, and a Florida. Bit. I mean, Florida is. You know, big, I suppose, but it's it's very linear. Mm-hmm. So, you know, northern Florida people have a hard time coming to South Florida, right. and vice versa. It's like California, yeah, so like yeah, elongated. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, when when did you start? Was it the scholarship that you started getting involved with, like the APP? Um, crowd? yeah, yeah. Um, prior to that, I, you know, had had kind of been just trapped in my own world with with without too much outside. You know, perspective from piercers, um, and it was it was probably 2010, maybe later. I don't know, but I got added to one of the learning forums, and that really, you know, opened up my eyes to a lot of things. Um, and then in 2014, I applied for the scholarship, and it was something that I just put off for years because I didn't feel worthy. You know, when I would see all you know people online going to conference and having a good time and posting all their photos and stuff and and I was like man I'm just gonna sit here and hide in the shadows and yeah um and I you know well it was 2013 that uh Shorty won the scholarship Mm. and as soon as they announced it like a couple days later I drove over to West Palm to hang out with him and and got to see like a real studio using good jewelry and a statum and all that sort of thing and um that that's that was probably the biggest turning point in my career you know from from uh going from a less than reputable piercer using like crappy jewelry or or less you know desirable jewelry or whatever and and, uh just doing a better job i guess yeah you know doing a better service to my customers do you feel like you would have gotten to the same place 
just slower, or do you feel like it opened your your mind up to different possibilities that you weren't open to before? Um, I you know, everybody wants to think that they could succeed without outside interference, man. But you know, definitely becoming more active in the piercing community opened up the floodgates, man. It was yeah. like a couple years, and and I felt like I was doing a, a great job and. Um, not saying I'm a great piercer, but you know, I, I felt like I was. Yeah, doing nobody's it. nobody's gonna say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty much <laughs> yeah. awesome. I really um, like I really like the stuff you put out. I was actually thinking about that earlier today. You do a lot of really cool stuff with like lines and mm-hmm. you know multiple pieces matching them up. Like I like the way that you know you do contrasting, anodizing, yeah. Yeah. and different stuff to like you. You really fill an area rather than just kind of sticking a bunch of random stuff. Right, and and that was that was probably um, inspired by the fact that when I opened up my studio, I didn't have a great selection, mm-hmm. um, but I had the ability to anodize. So I'm like, I'm gonna do all these f- more unique things with simpler pieces, and right. um, and I, I really did try to incorporate anodizing into, you know, what I was doing, and mm-hmm. and I I wanted you know, the, the ear stuff that I was doing to look cohesive. Um, and I, you know, sometimes I, I get, I get an opportunity to do some fun stuff with, you know, fun colors and, and even if it's just simpler jewelry, it's like, Hey, let's, let's kind of complement the shape of the ear and, and, you know, make it look pretty. That's cool. I mean, that's kind of the line between, uh, I mean, you know how to execute a basic piercing, you know, the difference between, good and not so good jewelry right, right. but like being able to apply it and uh, like just yeah. like the aesthetic stuff you yeah. know like the the difference between putting it here or putting it an eighth right. of an inch in a different direction right. and choosing this size and this curve and all, all that stuff like there's there's a lot that goes into that that yeah. ability well, cool thanks yeah 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 see <laughs> um so when you when you got to conference what was it like going from you know florida where like you know you might have had contact with a, a handful of piercers mm-hmm. but it was kind of you know maybe one smaller area and then going out to Vegas like what was that like that that first conference experience for me um, was incredibly overwhelming you know I I was familiar with a lot of these piercers from social media you know even back in the MySpace days and I remember walking around and just like recognizing everyone I'm like oh my god that's that person oh my god that's this other person Mm -hmm. and and it, it was crazy and then what was even more crazy is by the end of the week like some of these people like recognize me and were like smiling and waving and shit as I walked past them you know on the way to class or whatever and I was like this is insane yeah like you know these people know who I am first of all um, and that you know we're sort of on like friendly enough terms to wave and high five and stuff in the hallways I think a lot of people get intimidated by yeah. just the internet and the way that people Right. You know, people put themselves out as a persona because they want to look good for clients. Right, they right. want to look good for marketing. And I think a lot of times that intimidates other piercers when they haven't maybe had the same opportunities right. or the same access to certain things. And so then when you meet them in person and realize that it's like they're just a person that learned a skill. Right. You know, and I'm a person and I can learn a skill. I, I think that can really turn the page well, for a lot of people. For me, it was, uh, you know, just kind of admiring the, the work that they were doing. And, and, you know, I didn't have a great apprenticeship. So... Sometimes I would just use, like, a photo, like, oh, that's how that tragus should be placed, rather than, like, on the face, I'm going to mm-hmm. do it sort of in the center of the tragus. Um, and, you know, just kind of, like, looking up to these people professionally, you know, and then getting to meet them in person, it was it was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good times. I'm going to take my shoes off while we record this. Hell yeah. Um, so, who were... Who are some of the people that stuck out? Like people that you maybe knew from online but hadn't met personally, like like that, like whether they were scholars or volunteers right. or instructors or who are some of the people that um, stood out for you? You know, getting getting to meet Brian Skelly is incredibly humbling. You know, that dude is smarter than smarter ten of us put together, and not not just brilliant, but he's he's very articulate and he can make you he can get his point across when you don't fully understand the subject, yeah. um, and that's that's a pretty good skill set. But also, he's, like, super patient. You know, I, I remember taking some classes and having people asking, like, what would probably be considered, like, a beginner question. And he's just patient, just answers, and um, it's awesome, man. Like, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, I don't um, I don't think I've ever seen him get frustrated with right. someone or, like, snap at someone yeah. or just give up, you know, because... I, sometimes I like to try to be really patient, but mm-hmm. sometimes it can get really frustrating, you know, if, like, yeah. you're trying to answer a question and there's not a lot of common ground, you know, but I've always seen him, you know, really just, like, take 
hours sometimes <laughs> yeah. to really just talk yeah. out something with yeah, somebody. Yeah, and, and being a volunteer, um, you know, sometimes I'm working like the classrooms and, and he's just going on with people, you know, at the end of the class. Mm-hmm. And we're like, you got to go. There's another class coming. Yeah. Um, and he's fine. I'll move it to the hall. Yeah. There have <laughs> been times at, um, at BMX where people literally have to take his bag and go put it in a taxi and be like, right. Brian, get in this car and go to the airport right. or you're going to miss right. your flight. Yeah. Um, and, and getting to meet you is pretty cool. I mean, yeah, I'm right, not trying to like pat you on the back too yeah, much, I'm right. but, I'm right. um, you know, you, you actually interviewed me for the scholarship and dude, that was crazy. Like, yeah. I remember seeing your name pop up on mm-hmm. my caller ID and I was like, holy shit, Ryan, who that's calling me? <laughs> and like, uh, you wouldn't even believe it, man. Like I, I scheduled time for that interview and like had like a little desk and, mm-hmm. you know, a little pad and paper and shit. And, um, you know, a bottle of water. Yeah. It's like I was thirsty during this interview. I was like pacing around my house. I was waiting. probably in my pajamas, <laughs> probably on my couch. And then, and then the, you know, I think it was like a minute past and I was like, oh shit. And then the phone rang like, right, like pretty much right on schedule. I was like, oh shit, it's happening. <laughs> and, uh, I didn't have any idea what to say. And, yeah. and I remember you being like super casual on the phone and you're like, so what's the weather like? And, and I, I, you know, I think you said fuck or something. And, and like, as soon as you said some profanity, I was like, okay, this is, this is fine. I got this. And, <laughs> I'm uh, a human. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, okay. So, you know, after doing year after year of that, that scholarship mm-hmm. process, that's every time I call somebody, they're, they're like going to have a heart attack, you know? And it's yeah. like, well, I, I understand that this is a, this is a big deal for you because right. you, you really want to get there. It's a goal that you really want to achieve. But like, um, I don't ever want a body piercer to think that like there's something right. otherworldly or special or like I, 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 I it's so appreciate it's just when such people a, think it's that just I such a, a job, big but, opportunity to, yeah. to get that scholarship right. and and to get to the like the the interview stage it's it feels like there's all the pressure in the world man it's like don't fuck this up yeah. this is like your chance at like getting out of this town right you know and 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 learning yeah. you know and it's a huge opportunity yeah um but you know when you when you finally get there, you know it's it's just a normal thing. Right. It's just a bunch of nerds. Yeah. Just interacting and basically. Well, hey, we like the same things, yeah. and here's another idea. You know, for how to do it maybe a little bit better next time. Was there anything that like uh, sticks out in your mind as like the thing that blew your mind, like a class or um, info that you picked so, up or something? So the uh, the bevel theory class was really good, mm-hmm. um, and I I've always been a really big fan of like the technique stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, uh, well, there's, there's several things that stand out in my mind. I think, I think it was, uh, uh, Eduardo said, he was like, if you don't know three or four ways to do a piercing, you need to learn mm-hmm. three or four ways to do a piercing. Um, and so, you know, going home from that first conference, I was like a little bit more experimental with, with my process of mm-hmm. doing whatever it was. And, and that just kind of makes you a little more comfortable if you're in the situation that like, oh, fuck, I forgot to sterilize a this or mm-hmm. that. And. You know, you just kind of wing it, and sometimes it works, and yeah, sometimes you, you know, it's good to have the tricks because every now and then you get somebody with like maybe that unique anatomy Mm -hmm. or something where it's like you can't do it the way you want to do it, or maybe like this will be the time where you do bust out some clamps or this or that. Yeah, you know, it's 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 fun. You know, it's like a I always like learning new stuff, man. So what about when you came home? Did you did you feel like you wanted to? kind of like it's like taking it back to the lab and yeah. putting it to use or did you want to try to get more in contact with your local piercers um, and yeah kind of definitely share and... definitely um you know and and shorty and i had tried to to get this florida piercer thing going probably like a year and a half before we had our first meeting mm-hmm. it just you know it was timing things yeah and, i'm sure um, it's a lot of work to try to herd all those yeah people together and, too. you know and we we had a couple meetings planned and then there was like a hurricane that kind of scared everybody and, well, Florida. You know, just little stuff like that that would you know change the change the routine and, and you know we had some pretty good momentum there for a little bit and it kind of fizzled out but you know we'll get back into it yeah yeah but I mean at least you have something put together yeah. you have a forum where you can yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. send out messages yeah, things like that yeah I think there are a lot of different there are a lot of different areas where there might be a bunch of piercers but all those individual piercers feel like they're alone and they feel right. like there's nobody they right. can talk to and when there's maybe somebody 20 I minutes mean, down the road and that's that's definitely how i felt you know the first half of my career um you know i remember being a year or two in and like reaching out to the the locals around me it's like hey how do you do this just out of curiosity just mm-hmm. am i on the right track here and 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 nobody would return any of my my messages or my emails yeah. or mess you know anything like that my phone calls 
Um, I certainly never had anybody invite me to their studio, mm-hmm. you know, in, in those times. Um, like how many, what, what, like years are we talking? Um, well, I've, I, I started piercing in 2009, so this is my 10th year doing mm-hmm. it. Um, and I mean, I was, dude, for three or four years that I was like trying to find somebody to connect to. Uh, and it was, it was Miro, Miro that, uh, added me to the forum and, you know, started was it like people. body model learning. Yeah, 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 yeah. It seems like that's a, that's where a lot of people kind of start their mm-hmm. their online interaction. Mm-hmm. You know, they start with maybe that, and then they get into kind of maybe the more specialized forums. You know, freehand forum right, right. or like a local piercer group mm-hmm. or something like that. But it seems like a lot of people start there. Yeah, that was that was a good one, especially you know, four or five years ago. Um, you know, I feel like there was a lot of really good information. It's just like anything, you know, ups and downs. You know, stuff. So where do you feel like, not not to say that the body model learning forum mm-hmm. like went wrong somewhere, but right. I, you know you know what I mean. It's not yeah. the same thing now as it was right. years ago because uh, the the impression that I got, I was never super active in there, but the impression mm-hmm. that I got was that people went in there to ask questions and have discussions and have debate, and now it's more like you know there'll be a couple of people who right. will just tear you down and be like, oh you don't already know that you're dumb. Right. Yeah. I mean, and and I kind of missed like the tough love stage, man. You know, I remember uh, the very first order of quality jewelry that I ever got in. It was a bunch of those Leroy hearts. And so, you know, I get my order and I I talk my girlfriend into getting a doth pierced or her doth pierced. And and so I was like super proud of myself. I was like, yeah, I'm a real piercer. I did my first piercing with real jewelry. And and so I posted a picture in the, the learning forum and I just got my ass handed to me because it was sort of like a forward helix. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, I got told that I should hang them up. I mean, that's a, that one's a one that stands out. Um, and I got told that it would never heal. Mm. So, but it healed. For yeah. Record. And she's wearing gold in it now. Ooh. So <laughs> the, the whole, the whole concept of like hang up your needles. I, I hate, I, I hate that whole concept, you right. know? Um, I don't know. It, it just, I, I feel like if somebody's making an effort, if they're taking mm-hmm. the time mm-hmm. to take a picture and post it and ask for feedback, like, yeah. you know, sure, maybe it'll be a, a not great piercing, you know, but I think it's important that the person is there and they're open to, to learning. I think that the piercers who are the bad ones are the ones who don't even care yeah. about getting better and don't care what you think about their mm-hmm. placement or their jewelry or their technique or whatever. Right. Well, and, and you could, you could sort of tell, um, I mean... Some people don't respond well to like that tough love approach where you know you tell them it sucks and I don't you know, I, I do would something not respond different. well to that. I feel you know, like, I feel like shit. Some some people don't, man. But I, I don't necessarily agree with like sugarcoating something either. It's like you don't have hey, to buddy, sugarcoat, but you'll you know, get it next time. Make criticism you know? constructive, right? You know, right, don't yeah. just say you're terrible. Give up. Right. Say, all right, it's not great because of this. Here are right. some things I can suggest for you to improve. Right. Yeah, and, and you know that's definitely a better format, but. Um, you know, when I got told that I should hang them up, I obviously didn't. I just tried harder next yeah. time. And, um, you know, you get pissed off and you're like, you know what? Screw that guy. He's, he's a jerk. And, but whatever. Some people are jerks. You know, some yeah. people, uh, I think hide their own insecurity or mm-hmm. their own faults by trying right. to be like the bully or trying to like tear other people apart to make themselves look better. And I, I'm not a fan of it, but, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, it's, it's good that you, stuck with it and stayed engaged, you know, because I think yeah. that there are some piercers who they, they put themselves out there and, you know, they get harsh criticism, not constructive criticism. Yeah. And then that probably makes them retract a little bit, you right. know? Yeah, I, I would think so. That's why a lot of people probably still think like, you know, APP are elitists and yeah. internet piercers I, are elitists. I had that, that, I had that, uh, that idea at one point, you know, about the APP. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even after my first conference, you know, I, it's not that I had a bad interaction with anybody in particular, but, you know, sometimes you just show up and you're like, wow, these these people are, like, so there, you know, doing their thing um, that I'm not really benefiting from being around them. Yeah. And, and you know, there there were a few people that, that I talked to privately after that first conference that, that kind of, you know, changed my perspective a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm, I'm grateful. Yeah. So um, I just try to be as open and... And as much as I can with anybody that asks me questions, it's not like that's happening every day. But, you know, sometimes I get messages from other piercers and, and you know, I try to answer their questions if I can. 
That's good. Or at least point them in the right direction. I, I feel like uh, there's there's definitely a generation of piercers that started, you know, post yeah. 2005, post when um, you know the APP was really kind of starting to mm-hmm. boom and, and grow a little bit more and. You know, that was maybe a generation that had a little bit more access than previous yeah. generations. You know, a little bit easier time finding info online, a little bit easier mm-hmm. time getting to conference, things like that. And I think those piercers can either go one of two ways. They can either try to like, you know, here's everything that I've learned and let me share it with you. Mm-hmm. Or here's everything I've learned and I'm going to try to use it against you and like right. make myself seem cool because you haven't learned it yet. Right. So, right. But I definitely like the whole like, you know, sharing side of it. That's what, what I, yeah. I always like to see in people. Yeah. Unfortunately, I see the other side of it sometimes, but mm-hmm. less and less frequently, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what do you think is the, the line between criticism and we were talking before about mm-hmm. like peer review. So how do you get into that, that healthy space of putting yourself out there and, and you well, know, having a good interaction with someone? What, what I have found you know, probably more um, productive is, you know, I mean, you have like a smaller group of people that mm-hmm. you can speak freely with. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know if you're part of any group chats, you know, with other piercers and stuff. But Not on my phone, because those drive me bananas. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they can do that. But I'm I, a Snapchat guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Snapchat, plus you get Bitmoji, so, you know. That's 100% of what yeah, I, If can, I could like, communicate just in Bitmojis right. and GIFs, yeah. I would never talk to another human being ever. Right on. So, yeah, so I, I got like a group chat that I'm a part of with, you know, several, you know, probably five or six other piercers mm-hmm. that if you do something, you're like, I'm not sure about this. You send it to them. And and it's a little easier when it's like kind of people you're a little closer with. And, yeah. Um, but sometimes trying to get to that point where you have like good enough friends to get reviewed from mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, that's that was like the, the struggle. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, I mean, where do you. Where do you recommend people start? Like, do you? So, I feel like sometimes when you when you reach out locally, mm-hmm. people might respond with kind of like, you know, this is my turf, yeah. back off, yeah, kind of thing. That's exactly what I've experienced. So, like, how do you get over that hump? Like, you know, do you try to reach out to someone on the other side of the country or someone that's just through online who seems polite? Well, you know, having having common interest is is a good way to have a friendship. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And if they also are a piercer. Then that's that's awesome. Yeah, um, I got I got really lucky, man. Like fine and shorty, he's like one of my best friends, and we're into a lot of the same shit. So that's cool. You know, we we hang out sometimes, and I mean, I probably talk to that dude every single day. Mm. Boat boys, yeah, boat boys, <laughs> <laughs> the camp bond. Yep, yep. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, shorty's a good one to, to bounce it off of because it really seems like he's he's taken up. Like a really significant leadership right, role, right. especially not not just in Florida, but you know, at and, and he really he really doesn't pull punches either, man. If yeah. I if I send him a picture or something, and it's janky. He's like, "What the hell, bro?" Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> that can be tough, you know, uh, criticizing friends sometimes, yeah. especially if it's those just like a half a degree away from mm-hmm. perfect. You know, I've I've done that where I've had a picture and I've gone to put it on Instagram or right. whatever, and then right before I, I upload it, I look at it and I'm like, eh. you know what, that one little bit of an angle or it looks a little red. So I'll right. delete it, I'll feel bad, I'll send it to somebody, mm-hmm. you know, and there have been times where piercers have said like, yeah, if that was me, I wouldn't post that just because like that one little thing is off. You know, I mean, I, I, I post some stuff that I probably shouldn't every so often, but in, in some ways, I kind of want to put it out there and remind myself, like, hey, remember that fucking thing that you did that was a little crooked? Like, fix it next time. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I'm not going to run from my mistakes. I'm going to own them and yeah. and dwell on them forever. I mean, that's. <laughs> I think that's the. That's how you get... Mm-hmm. That's how you get good. You know, okay, so, you know, if there's this, this shades of gray or whatever, mm-hmm. like, I think the way you get pushed towards, like, the much better category mm-hmm. is being able to spot when, like, those tiny little degrees keep it from being perfect. Yeah. Because if you can look at a piercing and not tell the difference between, like, amazing or, like, it's right. all right, then, you know, it's going to be tougher for you to, to you know, refine things and tighten right, it up right, and everything. Right, right. But if you can look at something and be like, that would have been perfect oh, if I had yeah. done this, then, then the next time you know, it's probably, like, burned into your mind for the next six months until you get the chance to do the same piercing again yeah. or whatever, you know? For me, it was triple forward helixes for a God, while. Those, that those top, are... that top one, that top piercing would just have a little bit of a... Yep. angle or something or you could see the backing when you couldn't see them for the other two or you know drive me nuts or it was like pushing up against the rook a little bit or something yeah those are, yeah. those are definitely tricky yeah um, I don't have a whole lot of those in my portfolio that that I am 
you know, 100% on, but yeah. I got like a couple, two, yeah. two maybe. Yeah, but you know, when now when, when people come in, I'm sure that like, you know, you're hyper-focused and you know yeah. exactly the things you want to do right, right. To, to make it as perfect as possible. Yep. You know, you're not just like, yeah, whatever, I got whatever that'll fit and who yeah. cares. And, and just like anything else, man, you know, you, you do something long enough, you sort of develop an eye for it. Um, I used to do tile for a living, like floors and, and you know, after I did that for a couple of years, every place I went, like I'd be at a restaurant and be like, oh, that tile's crooked, mm-hmm. you know, and I probably never would have noticed it before. Yeah. Um, and I think that as piercers, we've probably developed a similar eye that, oh, yeah. you know, we've just kind of laser focused on, on the placement and angles and Have you ever accidentally and, ruined someone's day by criticizing a, a piercing they have when they walk I, in the door? The only times that that has ever happened, it's shit that I've done. It's like, <laughs> who the fuck did that? And so I, I've learned very quickly not to. Right. Unless somebody asks, like, hey, what do you think of this? I got this or whatever. And I'm like, eh. Yeah. You know, it's not bad. I, I won't. I, I try won't, to stay positive. Like if somebody just walks in the door, I'm not going to be like, oh, man, your right. rook is messed up, you know? Right. Uh, I, won't, I won't do, unless it looks like their piercing is, like, dangerously messed up. And right. it looks like it's obviously painful for right, them or right, something. Right, right, but, right. yeah, if somebody's piercing is a little bit off, I'm, I'm not going to say anything. Right. But I'll notice, you know, and it'll be one of those things. Uh, yeah, and yeah. there have been times where I've been, like, you know, trying to mark a piercing and Let's match an existing thing. And I'll be like, well, I really don't want to mark it exactly like the one you already have because the one right. you have is a little bit off. Man. I, I tell you what, I did a, a, a double forward helix on this girl, and she she had had a, a had it done previously, and it didn't really turn out very well. Like, got all angry and bumpy, and and so she took it out and let it recover, and then we, we you know, she came back a couple months later, and we re-pierced it, and dude, I fucking nailed this thing, man. Like, the angles were fucking sweet. It was like cool jewelry. It had like some purple opals or something like that, and then... A couple weeks go by, and she sends me a picture of what it used to look like the first time she had it. And she's mm-hmm. like, I was kind of wanting it to look like this. And I was like, mm, like half-inch curved barbells. I was like, are you fucking with me right now? Yeah. So so anyway, I just kind of... How <laughs> often do you get it when people, uh, like, I don't know if it's just an aesthetic thing, taste, whatever, mm-hmm. but... Um, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll post a picture online and it'll be like one piercing that I did and then they'll, they'll have two or three other things that I didn't do. Right. And that'll be what gets all the comments. Oh, yeah. They'll be like, oh, I love that like dangly butterfly thing that's like the, oxidizing. The last APP repost that I got was like a little anatomical cluster, like a little one of the little curved clusters with some opals in it or something. And the comments on the APP page are about this you know, costume jewelry, little the star. Jewelry. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Sad. Uh, but yeah, that happens pretty frequently, especially if it's a ring and a conch. Like, well, you do something cool, and then, like, they'll be rocking some janky thing in their conch. It's like, oh, my God, I want an orbital. Yeah. You know, because that's what the internet calls it, apparently, an orbital. Yeah, the the, the terminology thing is still a weird one for me right. because uh, it, it I don't... Somebody's got to be making these ones up and putting them out there. You know, when they say, like... Outer conch, right? And like, like Joltron trying to make like snonch a thing. Right, right. Like, no, sorry, I can't, I can't use that. Felix word. is another one of his. Felix, Felix for a that at least sort of makes sense. And you know, I, I try not to like criticize people when they come in and use like bad terminology. I just, I found that if I just use the right terminology, oh my god, you want sure. one of that instead? Yeah, you know? yeah, we can do that. But um, I haven't run into the situation yet, but I've, I've heard stories of somebody using poor terminology and then getting a piercing they didn't want. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I, I've had a lot of people come in when, like, the, the Daith Doth thing, mm-hmm. like, really started to take off. Yeah. People would constantly confuse that with a forward helix or a rope right, or something right, like that. Right. And so now, really, with anything in the ear, I, I, I've got a, point to a jewelry on, I, I mean, a, a mirror on the wall up right. on my jewelry cases. Right. And I always, yeah, I point it out. Yeah. I'll, like, hold the jewelry right up. And especially for people that don't seem like the, the typical piercing client if they if they don't have any other visible piercings i'll really like super super in explicit terms like this is exactly what it is here's a picture of one on somebody else this is what you want right (laughs) yeah i I, that's what i love about instagram you know is like you have it right there on your phone and be like here's one that i did sort of like that right that jewelry and you know you have yeah 40 pictures of different How often do you options. get the point, though, where people come in and they're like, oh, yeah, I'll show you a picture on my Instagram. Hold on. And then you're scrolling for, like, oh, five yeah. minutes like an asshole oh, yeah. because you don't remember the last time you did right, right. Uh, this and yeah, that piercing. Yeah, that, that, that does happen every so often. Yeah. Um, and I, I do have, like, you know, printed portfolios, too, which yeah. are pretty easy to get to. But, yeah, man, I like, I like my phone. I do like my phone. <laughs> I think what would probably be helpful, and I know I'll never, ever do it, is if I went through 
the the piercing pictures that I have mm-hmm. on my phone and separated them into like categories, like you know, organize and shit, like ear, face. albums. Oh, that'd be yeah. dope. But but I'll never do it. Yeah, me it's too either. Much work. Me either. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then once you get it all organized, like, oh my god, my phone broke, and then <laughs> all your progress yeah. is lost. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I used to I used to really get on my tattooers and be like, you can't just take pictures with your phone. You got to take them with a real camera for the website and portfolio. Right. And now that's all I do. I never take I mean, one. I, I, I take another than my phone. I take pictures with a real camera, but yeah. And there's like, look at you. Well, you know, I, I'm not a photographer at all. I actually had a piercer come to my studio, and he wanted to talk about photography. And like, I thought I thought he was just kind of making small talk, and I. I I was making small talk back, like, yeah, I just, you know, put it on automatic and shoot away. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and it's not like aperture. And no, I have no idea what any of that shit means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I literally got one or two spots around my shop where I know the lighting's okay, and I put it on automatic, and I take 50 fucking photos, <laughs> and, and then I review them, and usually I don't post anything because... I'm a terrible photographer. Right. Uh, but I, I take a lot of pictures and every so often I get one that's usable. Yeah, I feel like that's uh, I feel like that's the majority of body piercing <laughs> photography. I know that I know that there's some people that take it really seriously, Dude, have real like, cameras. Like Johnny Pierce fucking kills it, man. It. Yeah, him April Thomas, April you know, Thomas, like, really uh, like Danny, doing all kinds Danny of Greenwood, really cool stuff. Who's like counter it uh, yeah, Cold Danny, Steel. Yeah. Like she kills it, man. But I am not one of those people. I am exactly what you do. I, I have three or four places in my shop where I'm like, I've yeah. taken a good picture standing I'm, here before. I'm comfortable. Yeah. I'll try like... this again. And then yeah, I'll take ten pictures, I'll scroll through them and be like, Okay, this is the least worst I'll picture. I'll show you a picture where I was trying to mess with the settings. Like just compared to Did they just come out all tubber? What oh, is it? Oops. Yeah, it's fucking Instagram, so of course like, hey, I'm gonna show you something important and then it's like partial nudity. So this was one that I was like, hey, I'm experimenting with the settings and it's yep. like all super yellowy and washed out compared to Right. Was it taken in the same place in your shop? Nah. Cause no. this cause it's fucking the sun sets at like five o'clock in Florida right. now. Yeah. This time of year. Uh, I, I, I've sat in multiple classes. Like I sat in Kale's class. Were you in Kale's yeah, class at camp yep, about yep. how to use your phone? Yep. And, uh, so I've been trying to do some of those steps that, mm-hmm. that she talked about with like the Instagram tools and, you know, brightness and highlights right. and shadow right. and all that stuff. And I try, I feel like I'm just making my pictures worse. Yeah. 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 Same. Yeah. Same. Uh, and I also feel jealous that like, now what I do is, um, I, fig- I think it was Kellen. I was talking to Kellen and he was saying about like, you know, if you use the client's phone for some more stuff, you can you can get some good results, you know. So now what I'll do is, uh, you know that most of the time you're going to spend all this time taking a, a right. nice picture of their piercing for yeah, your yeah, social yeah. media, right? But then you get tagged in the <sighs> in the picture, and it's like they take it in the shadow in their car, you know, with yep. no light at right. all, and or maybe they're holding up a cigarette lighter yeah, next to it. They're terrible. Talking about that. Yeah. So now what I do is I always say, oh, do you want to take one with your phone? That's smart. And like nine times out of ten, when I'm using someone else's phone, their phone seems like it's amazing, it, and it's like it, it I wish just, my the, phone could the take phone a picture. Of this guy. must just obey the master. Right. It's like. You know, it's like, oh, this, you own this device, yeah. so it's going to take a better picture of you than anyone else. Right, like like Excalibur or something. Yeah, like you're yeah. Not so when I, when my phone, what it's thinking, it's like, oh, you're cheating on me by, you know, all the, taking pictures of all these other people and stuff. Maybe that's like a weird, like, it's a Google thing. <laughs> yeah, like Google. A Google security and thing. Ask Polly about it. Ugh, yeah. He probably knows. Um, I think, well, I, I think most of the people that have really good cameras are iPhone users, and like, I despise Apple right. products. Right, So. And I, I think that also there there are people that know how to take pictures and understand all the settings. Right. And that, that is probably a huge difference, you know, in the, you know, the, the results. I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, well, I mean, that's like a, the constant struggle. But, uh, I, you know, I feel like 10 years from now, people will have like the most amazing cameras ever on like the shittiest phone. Right. So we'll get there, but I think for the next couple of years, I'm still going to have like a mediocre Instagram well, page. Well, and you know, there's there's a ton of people that use their phones, man, and, and do a great job. Yeah. Like, uh, I feel like there are so many different facets of being a successful body piercer now. I remember yeah. when it was just like, okay, you're, you're not getting infections and, you know, you're willing to come back. 
I feel like that was the line where it's like, cool, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm a success. Success. And now you have to be good at so many different things to like. You got to be good at like customer service. Customer service, merchandising. Like you got to know how to like what jewelry to get in. You're about the same age as me. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you remember going into like a shop in the the late '90s, you know, mid '90s, mm-hmm. and like you'd get fucking shit talked to you just for walking in. What do you want? Right. You know, and like right. you can't do that shit anymore, man. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, not you know, saying I miss that. Well, or anything, no, but. I'm not either. I there are times when I miss um, not having to stress out about my job. You know, when it was just like, yeah, I'm a body piercer. I don't have to work right. at the mall anymore. You right, know, right. I remember those times, and I remember those times well. But I was also like broke. You know, every day. <laughs> so you know, now it's like, okay, I can pay. I can pay a mortgage, mm-hmm. but in order to pay a mortgage, I have to be able to do this and this and this and this and this. And, you know, being a successful body piercer is so much more than, like, being right. able to push a needle well. Right, right. It's right. frustrating. Yeah, there's there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot to it, man. And um, it's hard. It's hard to, like, nail everything Yeah. all the time. Yeah, because I feel like you can... <laughs> I, like, I, I know piercers out there who are awesome piercers, mm-hmm. but they're terrible at social media or right. they're terrible at pictures right. or right. whatever, so they don't get a lot of, like, credibility and, and attention. <sighs> man. So much, and then yeah. and then when you factor in being like a shop owner, that's just like a whole other level of shit. Yeah, you know. Um, and I, I'm a co-owner. My mm. girlfriend and I own the studio together, um, so you know she does a lot of the stuff. But man, there's a lot of shit to do, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that's what held me back for a long time. It's just um, it wasn't so much that I didn't know how to do those things; mm-hmm. it's that I didn't know that those things had to be done. Yeah. So, like, adulting is uh, not my favorite thing right. ever. Right. But, you know, whatever. Uh, so, you know, now I try to, I, I just try to, like, I word vomit when I talk to a lot of piercers. You know, you get so distracted because there are ten things on your mind where if somebody asks a question about, oh, how do you do this piercing? It's like, well, okay, we'll talk about that. But first <laughs> I got to talk about, you The know, things leading up to that. The jewelry yeah. and the consultation right. and the customer I, service. I'm and the, the same way. I'm the same way. Sometimes I feel like I, I just don't stop talking when I get around other piercers. Mm-hmm. And you probably experienced this at camp and conference. I'm just like, Bleh! I'm going crazy. But but it's cool because, you know, how often do you get the opportunity? You know, you might have a partner I, I or a coworker or a friend or something, but it's not the same thing as like when right. you can actually super nerd out with someone. Right, right. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, Tight. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Um, nah, man. Let's go check out some roosters. All right. All right, one more time. Give your uh, social media uh, Johnny underscore holes on Instagram and John Robertson on Facebook. And where's your shop at? Uh, Fort Myers, Florida. And what is your website? TigerLotusTattoo.com. Bam. Updated daily. Really? Yep. Ugh. We got a person for that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I would never be able to do that. Uh, updated it, annually it is keeps, probably It my keeps your, uh, your SEO optimized. Yeah? If you have new content, it keeps you at the top of the list. Really? Apparently, that's what somebody told me. Oh, man. Maybe that's... Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. maybe I should actually do that. All my new content just goes to Instagram, and I never update anything and on my there, website. There's some like uh, features that you can add to your website that steal the content from your Instagram and, and post it on your website. But the, the benefit is that you can have like unique uh, words, mm-hmm. like keywords or whatever, on your website that generate more... I understand the SEO yeah, a little bit, know. but not how to, know. like, super maximize and optimize right. it. That's yeah. where we have to, I guess, lean on Paul. We're, we're busy, so yeah. I'm not really yeah. that stressed about it, you know? It's like... I thought about trying to hire someone for it, but uh, the problem I ran into was that I, I couldn't get regular content from my tattooers. It was so difficult. Yeah. Make them sign a contract. No. They're never going to do that. They're, they're independent contractors. You know, in oh, New Hampshire, we can get away with that, right. but... Uh, yeah, you know, they're they're wild stallions. Encourage you, them. Give them a bonus. Them like whoever gets the most content. No, I totally don't believe in that. Dollar. I believe that like if you want more money, <laughs> 15 work smackles. harder. Yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to pull <laughs> right. it out of you. Right. Yeah. But anyway, fight them. Just no. I I'd lose. <laughs> One of them is like trained in uh jiu-jitsu, so. Oh shit. Yeah. yeah so right I'm not about to get into that. All right, let's go uh go be Floridian. Cool. All right. Thanks, John, for uh, taking the day off of work and hanging out with me. And, and thanks, Kat, for meeting up with us and, and coming to the show with us. That was really fun. Get some good uh, piercer hangs in. Uh, one last plug. I've got uh, Glasgow, Scotland, Monday, February 25th. 
That's the dual seminars with Jeff Saunders. I've got Monday, March 18th in the Los Angeles area. That's the uh, the full day freehand seminar. And I've got Sunday, March 31st at the Boston Tattoo Convention. It'll be that shorter nipple piercing class. Uh, you can go to precisionbodyarts.com seminars for all the info there. Keep in mind that for the Glasgow class, if you're one of the, the first 20 people to sign up, you'll be getting a, a, a free exclusive shirt. It's a piercing nerd versus piercing wizard. And uh, it, it's ludicrous. It doesn't really make any sense at all. It's got whales on it. Uh, but it's a cool shirt. So uh, go to the website, get your registration in for all that stuff. I'd like to see you there. I will be back next week with another interview. Not sure who with yet, but uh, it'll be somebody. And uh, I'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved. So, say uh, who you are, where you work, social media, and what's your favorite kind of rooster? <laughs> so, I'm uh, John Robertson. I own Tiger Lotus Tattoo and Piercing in Fort Myers, Florida. Um, my Instagram is Johnny underscore holes, and you can find me on other social media as John Robertson. And I like roosters. I like them all. <laughs>